Hi there. Welcome to the Jewelry Navigator podcast, an on-the-go source of original and unique jewelry with stories of the designers who create it. My name is Brenna Pakes. I'm a graduate gemologist with a degree in geology. I've worked in the retail sector for over 15 years. After completing my graduate gemology diploma and working in the industry for a little while, I took an intermittent career break and worked for a major airline. That's why I combine the theme of aviation and the concept of navigating shoppers to choices of unique jewelry, as well as understanding gem selection and jewelry construction, as well as metal choices. I do a coordinating blog post for every podcast showing photos of the jewelry that we're talking about, as well as links to the jewelers and more information about them. So I hope you enjoy the episodes and feel free to subscribe for your Jewelry Navigator Passport, a way to stay up to date with the current episodes and upcoming features. Thanks so much for joining us and enjoy the episode. I met Emily Coven at Jewelers of America, New York this summer and was so excited to meet her because I've seen her jewelry on Instagram and was just so excited that she was there. And anyone who holds on to an original passion and returns to it after mastering careers and professions is a superhero to me. And funny that she's going to be my Wonder Woman superhero this today, which is a Wednesday. But today my guest is Emily Coven. And we were just talking about how she was just featured in Gem Gossip. So you can find her on Gem Gossip's Instagram feed. And she was also featured in an online publication here in Hanover, near where she lives in the Upper Valley of New Hampshire. So Emily, tell us a little bit about yourself. You told me some of your story. I would love for you to share how you got started and um, your professional background and how you came full circle back into the jewelry design. Okay. Well, I won't bore you with all the gory details, but first, (laughs) thank you for having me. I'm very excited to talk to you and it was so much fun meeting you in July. Um, I have always loved being creative, combining colors and textures and certainly love jewelry. Um, I grew up in a household with a mother who's an art historian, so she sort of inculcated an appreciation for fine art and the aesthetic and artists in in us, uh, you know, from the get-go, from, from birth. She used to take us mm-hmm. into museums, and, and that was it. In fact, I didn't know that when you traveled that you were supposed to do something other than go to a museum. I thought that was all you did <laughs> when you went somewhere. Um <clears throat> So, so with that, I, I was sort of a traditional student, but I made a lot of jewelry in high school. Simple things. I used to string beads on dental floss, and I made. But I, I was known amongst my friends for making very, um, just fun and creative and easy to wear necklaces and bracelets uh, using very interesting color combinations. And I still really pride myself on my color combinations. I like to think that they're unusual, but not jarring. I mean, they're very wearable. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went through school and I went to college and I double majored in English and history. And frankly, as soon as I got there, sort of stopped 
beating and got caught up in what I was doing. I also did a lot of theater, and then I went to journalism uh, grad school and got my master's, and I worked as a broadcast journalist, uh, which seemed to pull together a lot of the English and history and the performance element from theater because I was uh, on-air news anchor and reporter. And then at some point decided that I really needed uh, an intellectual kick in the pants and went to law school. Um, <laughs> loved law school as an intellectual exercise. The practice of law was not quite as compelling, um, although I did go back and, and work as a correspondent for Court TV in the mid-90s in the heyday of televised trials. Uh, I got there right as the O.J. Simpson trial was wrapping up, and I covered the Menendez brothers' sentencing and a lot of famous uh, criminal trials. Um, and then I got married and, and moved to Boston and started a family and worked in-house in financial services as an attorney for a few years and uh, went over to the nonprofit side of uh, a big investment company because I felt I could contribute more that way. I wanted to to feel a little better about the work I was doing. And, and so I, ha- I was in nonprofit communications, fundraising communications for about 10 years. Along the way, I, I rediscovered my passion for jewelry as my kids got a little older and I found that I had <laughs> just a little bit of more time on my hands. <laughs> um, I don't want to exaggerate that, but and uh, incorporated my business and basically started selling to, to people I knew. And then about two or three years ago, decided that the time had come to really jump into this with, with both feet. And I've been going full steam for the past couple of years in, in my jewelry business. Oh, wow. You've really had an interesting background. And when we first met, I I loved hearing about your background. And I think it's so interesting how so many people are coming into different aspects of design businesses, especially jewelry design, with backgrounds in all kinds of you know, former avenues, professional and trade. And it's so interesting to see what they bring to the table and how that translates into their jewelry design and what kind of experiences they brought from it. And I was going to ask this a little bit later, but your background is so intriguing. Do you find that a lot of the experience that you had professionally, do you find that you're able to use a lot of your your background in your jewelry business? Well, it's interesting. I mean, I, you know, as someone who has changed careers a few times and, and once in a while, <laughs> I get a quizzical look. You went from this to that. How did you do that? But every, every, nothing is wasted. You know, everything leads to something else. And I think that we learn from every single experience and build upon it professionally and personally as we go through life. So I think, yes, I think, I mean, as a journalist, one of the things I loved so much is that I met new people and learned something new every single day. Mm-hmm. And that was terrific. And it allowed, it, journalists learn a little about a lot, right? Unless you go in depth and, and, and really specialize as later I was a legal reporter or, or people who do specific types of reporting or more in-depth reporting. But as a general assignment reporter, you learn... you sort of skim the surface of lots and lots of different things. And so you have a a passing knowledge, you know, you can speak at cocktail parties about lots of different things, but you don't really go in depth. But I loved being open to new ideas all the time. Mm -hmm. As an attorney, you dive deep, you know, you have to go 
really deep. You have to be very detail-oriented. You have to understand um, an issue from all angles. And I think that informs everything I do as well. So that combination of learning to learning something new every day and yet appreciating different perspectives, different sides of things, even if it's like physically looking at a jewelry from all sides, physically and mechanically looking at a piece of jewelry, or aesthetically, well, how is this going to look in this context or that context or, or with this combination? I think both of those sort of salient characteristics of, of, journal, of both journalism and law inform my jewelry business. Oh, wow. Yeah, that really wraps it all together. Your your designs are so interesting. I think the the one that caught my my uh, eye first was your Stella collection, and that's your signature kapow. And if nobody knows what we're talking about, those comic strip um, graphics when you know the bad guys get punched in the face, and there's that big right. kapow on on the comic strip. That's what her Stella collection looks like, but of course it's a lot prettier than a comic strip graphic because it has gemstones in it. Um, What was the inspiration for your Stella and your mini Stella collection? You know, it's, it sounds hard to believe, but I, I honestly woke up one morning with that design in my head and I drew it Mm -hmm. and it obviously it took some refining and, you know, I, I worked with, um, someone to make it, the mechanics work and how many how many points exactly and how we should scatter the diamonds although that actually that was you know, on my first sketch um, I don't I don't usually or often you know wake up with an idea fully formed like Athena popping out of Zeus's head or something but um, this one really just came to me but clearly it's inspired by the sun and stars it looks like a a sunburst and then I also have that tongue-in-cheek nod as you mentioned to the old comic book kapow which Mm -hmm. I thought was just always a great like take that you know and (laughs) in sort of a a fun harmless way so so it reminds me you know of of the celestial bodies and things that are just so much bigger than us and beyond our comprehension and yet at the same time it's a kind of fun little girl power kind of thing take that um so the comic books and artist Roy Lichtenstein who used the comic book images in his art I find a lot of inspiration for the Stella collection okay well I love how that all ties in especially to um you know empowering women and young girls and it, I feel like your designs encompass a wide reach of age and interest. Mm-hmm. And the Stella and the mini Stella collections, I think, are perfect because they can be dressed up or down. And I really feel that they qualify for any gift occasion, especially for like a graduation gift or even, um, I hate calling them this, but I call them like new person <laughs> gifts new new baby <laughs> gifts for the mom i can't yeah, say i cannot yeah. say the push present it's just it no. just grosses me out i just can't it's gross. So, yeah. Yeah, i yeah it's a new baby for the mom gift it's a mom gift um it's i think yeah. yeah so i think your stella collections are perfect for that um and knowing that it revolves more around the designs of the sun and the stars that makes so much more sense especially since they're named stella 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So that, and of course, the name came from, you know, I'm a, I'm a classicist at heart, so Stella meaning star in Latin, and then I just sort of mix it all up. Stellina, yeah. little star in Italian, and then mini Stella is just plain English, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the other collection that you that you have is your classic collection. What I think is so interesting about that is it's it's so simple, but it's still very um, elegant in its geometric components, mostly being um, the three round gemstones that form a triangle, and then that you choose um, trillion shape stones which are triangles mostly um the soft yep. edge triangles what made you decide to work with trillion gemstones well now we go back to to my past but when i was a little girl i wanted to be an archaeologist that's all i wanted to be and not just any archaeologist i wanted to be an egyptologist hmm. and i um studied egyptology on my own quite a lot um, and we learned how to read hieroglyphs, and I really delved into this. Um, I couldn't read any of it now, so don't ask me. But um, <laughs> but I always, and I also love all ancient history. I mean, in particular, I was fascinated by ancient Egyptian history, but I love ancient Roman history, ancient Greek history, um, Mesopotamian, all sort of Western ancient history, although Eastern history is fascinating as well. And so the inspiration for the classical collection really is classical art and architecture. And so the trillions look like pyramids. The three dot, what I call the three dot earrings, sort of a classic cluster design of, of three circles that do come together as a triangle, remind me also of, of pyramids, but also of, of Roman arches, keystones, very geometrical architecture and I like uh, I love as you mentioned the simplicity of it but also the incredible versatility of it and I mix and match these shapes and I create new pieces constantly using using these shapes in different forms constructing deconstructing I've got lots more uh, in the pipeline new rings and, and bracelets and uh, basically just using circles and, and triangles mm-hmm. at the moment. I may go crazy and introduce the square, but I'm not sure if I'm there yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. We'll definitely be on the lookout for that. <laughs> yes, yes. Really crazy. <laughs> but I really appreciate that your collection is, you've built out on, on both concepts and it keeps it very clean and simple. So it's not overwhelming when you go to your website, you know, so there are just, you know, a few things you can choose from, but there are so many different combinations of, of gemstones, which kind of brings me to my next question. What are some of your, um, well, what have been some of the most interesting requests for gemstones for your collections and then do you have a favorite um, stone collection or a combination of stones you like to use in your collections i had a good friend from college a woman who was you know quite a close friend but a very long time ago and we sort of reconnected over social media and she loved the stella pieces and at one point i think a couple of years ago she went to australia with her family and came back with a beautiful, beautiful black opal, Australian black opal. And she asked uh, me to if we could do something with it, and she loved the Stella collection. 
So I made three sketches. And what we ended up doing was using her black opal in one of the Stella necklaces. It, it fit perfectly. It was just the right size. And creating this necklace just for her around her opal. Opals are soft stones, so they don't always fit into, or you, you have to be very careful when setting them. But mm-hmm. uh, this worked beautifully, and she loves it. And there were, uh, as in all the Stella designs, six little diamonds surrounding, sprinkled around the opal. And she and her husband thought it, it represented their family of six. They have four children, and they were they were thrilled. And and that was um, that was really an honor to create that piece of jewelry for someone who was special to me, and it was a piece of jewelry special to her. So right. that was. That was really terrific, and and I had not used an opal in that collection before, so Mm -hmm. we did. And then years ago, my neighbor across the street had a strand of pearls. She was she's a terrific woman. She's in her mid eighties at least, and she was a social worker, and now she's a filmmaker, and she's like Auntie Maid. She's she's incredible, and she had this pair of pearl um, string of pearls, and you know was her mother's or grandmother's, and she never wore it. It was just so boring. And what could I do with it? And I took it and mixed it with a bunch of uh, all different colors and shapes of keshi pearls. But I incorporated all her traditional pearls in the necklace, a long necklace, 36 inches. And I also had one large abalone piece in the strand. And it's stunning. And I named it for her. And I call it my Elaine necklace. And it's not on my website. And I don't uh, sell it widely, although I still have one or two in my inventory. But um, mm-hmm. at trunk shows, I do I do bring out the Elaine necklace, and and she just loved it. So so it was a lot of fun to to be creative with with her family heirloom um, to make something special for her. And now she wears her mother's pearls, so it's nice. Okay, oh that's perfect. I did yeah. see your necklaces on your website that feature the pearls, and it's beautiful as a centerpiece. Uh, you know, in, right in between the pearl strand. So Thank that's you. a that's a wonderful solution to using something that is is an heirloom strand of pearls and makes it even more special. Kind of updates it as well. Exactly. So yes, I do have those um, baroque pearls that I use with the Stella stars, um, and those those are terrific. I've sold several of those, and we can. You know, as a, if there's a custom order, we could certainly use someone's heirloom pearls and, okay. and freshen it up. You, and you modernize it. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get requests to use um, other people's stones, say if they have a stone from a setting that they, they want to reuse? Do you ever do something like that? I do. It's a custom design. I love working uh, with people. It obviously takes a little longer and some consultation than, you know, just buying something out of inventory, but absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well, like I was touching on earlier, I feel like your your designs um, have a really versatile reach and have a, a good um, feel for cross-section of demographics. Who do you feel feel is your ideal customer? Do you pretty much have a range? I see my customer as an independent woman, anywhere from age 25 to 80, who enjoys jewelry and creative design, sort of appreciates jewelry that's not the same that you'd see everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would characterize her as stylish, but not trendy. You know, I'm not chasing chasing trends in my jewelry, but I think it has 
some style, hopefully. Uh, and my customer is a woman who, in general, who's comfortable buying for herself. I mean, okay. you know, someone who who has the the capacity or the independence to to say yes, I like that, and and I'm going to buy. Not not oh, I have to ask my husband or I have to think about it. it depends, obviously, a, a higher price point requires a little more thought. But um, but generally, I would say an independent woman who's comfortable buying for herself and and is stylish. With your professional backgrounds and having been in circles of um, a lot of people who had to dress for um, career dress, do you base a lot of your designs kind of based on what will complement, you know, a a good range of of style, say going from career to casual? Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I think, I like to think of my jewelry as as elegant with a little edge. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not your mom's or your grandma's jewelry, but it can go, it can go to work in the law firm. It can go hang out in a funkier atmosphere. It can go to a black tie event. It can go out to dinner. It can, it can go, you know, to, to lunch with, with your best friend. I think it's, it's very easy to wear it's easy to mix and match and there's something for everyone so my mother loves the big Stella pieces and my daughter loves the mini Stella pieces Mm -hmm. you know and I like to wear a few of the different size Stella pieces together um and and maybe I unite them by using by wearing the same stone or maybe I mix up the different colors as well and but it's the same shape or or I mix the classical collection with the Stella collection as well. I think they all work seamlessly together. All of the pieces can dress up or down or um, young or old. It's really, it's a beautiful designs. Thank you. You're welcome. You. <laughs> <laughs> I try and have a a very practical collection as we just touched on that people can, can wear it anywhere, but it's going to, it's going to look beautiful and look different from anyone else's jewelry. And you can be creative with it. And and I say, create your own constellation. Every time you mix and match different Stella pieces, I'm a complete sort of left brain, right brain mix. I've got both. So the journalist and lawyer in me likes everything to make sense and follow an order of some sort and be practical. And as a journalist and a lawyer, you really have to separate the wheat from the chaff and present mm-hmm. something in a creative but digestible and understandable fashion. Mm-hmm. And even though the creative side of me needs to break loose from that order sometimes, but it makes sense and there's, there's a certain order to it. So. Right, right. That's what I've really kind of come to see about you. You have a really good mix between um, practicality and an artistic and creative side. So where do you feel your jewelry fits best in as far as, you know, kind of looking down the road? I see that your jewelry is carried in a lot of um, New England cities and and boutiques. Do you see your jewelry more as a small boutique that can reach more like a specialized reach? Or would you like to see um, Emily Coven jewelry design in like a high-end department store? Um, both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't see them as, as mutually exclusive. I would love to see my jewelry in a well-edited high-end department store. I think some mm-hmm. 
some department stores are are too mass market for for my jewelry, but some of them have a really beautiful aesthetic and display jewelry um, in a really appealing way, and and it feels like a a lovely jewelry boutique when you're in that department. And and then there are are certain jewelry stores around the country who who have a similar appreciation for design and for bringing their customers jewelry that is special or is creative or that they can't find anyplace else. So I think you're asking a very interesting question because it's a delicate balance. I mean, I don't ever see my jewelry as being some sort of mass market uh, product, Mm -hmm. but, but in order to be uh, financially viable, you need, you need to sell jewelry so right so it's you're kind of walking a a fine line between over commercializing what is really art in some some ways i mean i my mine is sort of fine fashion jewelry it's not gallery jewelry really Mm -hmm. and um but it's not mass market jewelry so so it's it's right in the middle again for someone who's stylish and appreciates design but is not you know, trendy or looking for something outrageous. Um, and then, of course, so, so I, I'm looking for, for appropriate venues. I don't really have a, have a bias toward this kind of store or that kind of store. I, I like to work with good people who know how to merchandise things, who have the right clientele. And, of course, I love selling directly to customers as well because then you really um, build relationships with people who appreciate your jewelry. Right, right. And I really think that's the path that retail is going on anyway. There's Mm -hmm. such an influence with online presence that it's only going to get more and more important that retailers are going to have to, and I'm talking about the small independent retailers who who might be resisting this kind of online. I, I really think it's going to work to their benefit. Um, to not only do that, but to you know open up to some of the smaller designers. And another thing I don't mention enough is not only your jewelry, but a lot of the jewelry that I do feature from the designers that I feature is made in the United States, which mm-hmm. is going to become a more important component with our economy as as time goes on. I just think it's a really good way to... Um, to honor and bring back the artisan craftsmanship to, you know, back back to America and bring it bring it back as a as a viable trade option for people to, you know, continue to learn. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, what are some of the changes in the jewelry industry since beginning your business that you're excited about? Well. Um, I still consider myself fairly wet behind the ears in this business, but um, <laughs> but but that won't stop me from opining on on what I what I see now with the advent of social media, the ease of email, texting, all sorts of communication. The door has blown wide open, so that's the good news and the bad news because there's no longer a clear path to success. I mean, it, it would be a lot easier in some ways if you say, okay, I signed up for this trade show, I'll write 20 orders, and then I'm in business for another year, you know, or what have you, that you know is more predictable or, or that's how it's going to work. That's not how it works anymore. On the other hand, there's more opportunity to forge your own way. Mm-hmm. So it's, while it's more difficult to stand out in such a crowded field, I mean, there are 85 million, gazillion, billion jewelry designers <laughs> in the world, 
just an estimate. Um, <laughs> there are, it's very difficult to stand out. So how are you, the challenge is figuring out how to stand out and how to reach your individual customers. I don't think anyone is going to, to succeed with blanket mass marketing um, until, until you're, you know, a huge name because it, it just, it's just more noise into the consumer. So you have to figure out how to not broadcast, but narrow cast your, your brand to the mm-hmm. right people, find mm-hmm. the demographics. So it's difficult, but it's exciting because with so few barriers to entry, anyone can try and be creative and, and forge their own path. Right. That's those are really good points. And I love your distinction between broadcast and narrowcast because that's that's how I see it going too. And I feel that I don't like to distinguish customers as being generational, especially mm-hmm. I don't I don't really like um targeting or pinpointing the millennial no. group because I really think um I really think it's a good mix of of interest as far as wanting jewelry that's unique and that they want to stand out and supporting small business. And it doesn't matter what age or what generation you come from. Those are all interests that are going to still, you know, stay strong. And I think that's a benefit and only an advantage for smaller designers, just, you know, like you, because Mm -hmm. you you appeal to those interests. So, I think you're right. I think it is a really exciting time. And that kind of segues me to the next question. Um, And you may have just perfectly answered it because uh, you made so many good points. What advice can you offer to new jewelry designers or someone who might be interested in pursuing their own jewelry? I'm fairly new to the business side of jewelry. And I feel like I'm just ascending a very steep learning curve myself. But, but as I discuss, I don't think there's any clear formula for success anymore. I think 20 years ago there was, maybe even 10 years ago, certainly not now. Mm-hmm. The only advice I would feel comfortable giving, which I'm beginning to, to see some results from, is, uh, is to fire on all cylinders. I mean, you just have to, as we discussed, you know, you have to sell directly to consumers. You have to try and find some, some specific wholesalers who will work for your brand. Mm-hmm. Um, not wholesalers, but retailers. There's some specific wholesale accounts who will work for you. They might not work for the next jewelry designer, or they might work for somebody else and not for you. So I think you have to be uh, careful who you do business with and and strategic about who you choose to collaborate with. But you also need to, to keep keep trying all different channels because you never know which ones will work and which ones won't work. Um, and I think people will be surprised both ways. And the other thing is, and I'm very conservative this way, but I never spend more money than I have. I don't have any mm-hmm. investors. I don't have any loans. I don't do any of that. So my growth has been slow, but it's all... Uh, the company perpetuates itself. Right, right. That's probably the smartest advice you can give to anybody you know, with any <laughs> kind of small business. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not easy. So, I mean, your growth is, is slower that way, but, but it's more secure. It's more secure. And you also know that the successes that you're, you're having are based on, on the work that you're putting into it. Do you have anything exciting coming up for holiday collections? 
which the Stella collection is perfect for holiday. Thank you. It is because it's sparkly and fun. Yes. Um, yeah, I have some new mini Stella pieces coming in. I've got mini Stella necklace and little stud earrings uh, with rubies. So that's mm-hmm. a new color for me. That, um, I haven't used rubies in this collection before, so I'm very excited for that nice. to come in. And I'm going to be doing some more rings um, as uh, part of the classical collection. And the mini Stella ring is stackable, so I'm going to make a few of those um, and see how they stack up. Maybe one in with diamonds, one with pink sapphires, one with blue sapphires. Nice. Okay. Yeah, well, so I'll definitely be watching for that. For anybody who loves very whimsical but classical-looking styles, Emily's jewelry is is perfect. It's spot on. And what really struck me besides the the Stella collection is it's very comfortable. I thought the points were going to be pointy, but there it's very well made and solid and the stones are beautiful. You do a wonderful job. Thank you. Yes, I, I do get questions sometimes. I'm like, is it, doesn't it hurt? No, it doesn't hurt. It's not, no, it's, no, they're very gentle points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I would not make jewelry that, that's uncomfortable because what's the point of that? Right, exactly. Yes. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks so much, Emily, for joining me on Jewelry Navigator Podcast. I love sharing your story and I love sharing your jewelry. You can find her on her website, which is Emily Kubin Jewelry Design. And thank you, Brenna. It's really a pleasure to talk to you and um, an honor. Thank you for asking me to be on your podcast. You're so welcome. Thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it that you could be here and listen to Emily's story. I so enjoyed meeting her. Her jewelry is so beautiful, but so simple at the same time. Very comfortable to wear and beautiful to look at. I forgot to mention that you can also find Emily on Instagram, and that's at Emily Coven Jewelry Design. I want to apologize for the delay for getting back to you with any podcast. I have missed a couple of weeks. I've kind of not been feeling well, but I'm feeling much better now. And I've got to get on the go because I have some really fun surprises to share with you, especially with Halloween coming up. I'll have a lot of great treats to share with you and also share some tricks with you that um, you can use to avoid making any jewelry purchasing mistakes. So until next time. Make sure your safety clasps are fastened and your earring backs are nice and tight. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.